Well, good morning, everyone. We are so grateful to have uh, Jason and Jeanette here with us this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know, Dulos is sort of like a missions mutual fund. Thank you, Jacob. I thought it was going to be, be a BYOP type morning. Bring your own podium. Um, but appreciate you grabbing that. Um, but Dulos is like a, a missions mutual fund. Um, they do all the vetting. They visit the partners, um, follow up with them. And, and so our, in our giving to Dulos, we're actually um, impacting ministries all around the world. And you saw a little picture of that. So we're so grateful for, um, for that ministry and that partnership. It was a cool winter's evening in the ancient town of Bethlehem. A little over 2,000 years ago, a shepherd named Caleb was tucking his daughter into bed before working his night shift in the fields. Abba, Abba, can you please tell me a story of God's promises to our people? Well, which one, Abigail? You know very well there are many stories to tell, and I only have time to tell you one. After all, the sheep are waiting for their night shepherd. Caleb stroked Abigail's curly hair as, she waited for, as he waited for her answer. Tell me the one about Abraham again, Abba. I like that one. Ah, Abraham, the father of our people. I like that one too, Abigail. Well, many, many years ago, before our people and nation ever existed, God appeared to Abraham and made a great and wonderful and fantastic promise. You see, Abraham was an old man. Older than you, Papa? <laughs> yeah, older than me. And he didn't have any kids, but God promised that his descendants would outnumber the stars in the night sky. You mean the same stars that you can see when you're watching the sheep, Abba? Yes, the very same one. That's a bunch of stars, exclaimed Abigail. And, and we are two of them, right, Abba? That's right, girl. That's right. We are descendants of Abraham. He's your great, 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 great grandfather or something like that. And God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and will make your name great and you will be a blessing and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Abba, Abigail interrupted again. How will the whole world be blessed through us? Well, I'm not exactly sure, honey, but I can tell you this. God always keeps his promises. Always, always, asked Abigail. Always, always, my child. Now close your eyes, get some sleep. That was a really short story, Abba. Can you please tell me another one? Can you tell me the one about God's promise to King David before you leave? Please. I like that one because he was a shepherd just like you, Abba. Okay, <laughs> but I've got to make it quick. God, God promised King David that he would raise up one of his sons to rule forever in an everlasting kingdom. But Abba, Abigail interrupted again. Aren't the Romans in charge now? I thought you said that God always, always keeps his promises. Well, yes, honey, the Romans are in charge. And there's no son of David on the throne. But, but since God always, always keeps his promises, that must mean that this forever king is still on the way. Will he kick out the Romans when he comes, Abba? <laughs> I certainly hope so, girl. 
Will, will he be the way that God blesses the world through our people, Abba? Well, I haven't thought of it that way. Maybe so. Getting rid of the Romans would certainly be a blessing. Could he come while I'm sleeping tonight, Abba? <laughs> well, probably not, honey. But I suppose he could. Now close your eyes. Get some sleep. I'll see you in the morning. Caleb kissed Abigail's cheek, put on his cloak, grabbed his staff, opened the door, and walked out into the darkness to tend his flock. For what he thought would be an ordinary night in the field. It would be anything but. Well, good morning. Welcome to Fellowship Nashville. My name is Mark. I serve as one of the pastors here. And I'm really glad that you've joined us as we celebrate this Advent season together. Advent is simply a word that means coming, referencing the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the Advent season is a time when we remember the first coming, the first Advent of our Savior. But it's also a time, also a season where we look forward in anticipation to the second Advent, the second coming of Jesus. In fact, one of our um, Christmas carols that we often sing, Joy to the World, how many of you know that? Joy to the world, that one. You know what it's about? Have you ever paid attention to the lyrics? It's not the first coming. It's all about the second coming of Jesus. Go study the lyrics a little bit. And so this season not only is one to look back and remember the first advent, but it's one to look forward in anticipation and hope and joy, longing for the second coming, the promised second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As most of you know, uh, we just finished studying through the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's chapter 5 through 7, and so we've simply decided to back up a few chapters um, in Matthew's gospel for our Advent sermon series this year, and we've entitled it, Behold the King, Behold the King, since as you will soon see, Matthew's goal in his gospel is to highlight that Jesus is the coming king. He's the Christ. He's the anointed one, the promised king of the Old Testament, the ultimate fulfillment of all of the promises that are found in the Old Testament scriptures. Would you stand with me as we read our scripture today from Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And in this genealogy, Matthew sets up who Jesus is and what he came to do. So you can follow along on the screen behind me, and please pray for me at the same time as I attempt to pronounce all these names. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. And Ram, the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah. And Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. 
And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheatiel, and Sheatiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abud, and Abud the father of Elikim, and Elikim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliad, and Eliad the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matan, and Matan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is the Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation of Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you for praying. It helped. There's a lot that we could unpack from this first century genealogy, but our time is short this morning. And so I, I want to just go to the main purpose for why Matthew wrote it. You know, one of the surprising things about this gene- genealogy is the inclusion of four women's names. That's surprising for a patriarchal society in which this was written. But the main purpose that Matthew gives us this family tree of Jesus, the original Christmas tree, if you will, the, the main purpose is that he's intentionally pointing out the family connection of Jesus to both Abraham and David. And in doing so, Matthew is calling his readers' attention to the fact that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises given to both of them. Jesus is the one from the family of Abraham through whom all the world would be blessed. Jesus is the one in the family of David who will establish a forever kingdom, ushering in peace and justice and shalom, human flourishing, reversing the curse, making all things new. He, Jesus, is the blessing. He, Jesus, is the promised king. He, Jesus, is the promised savior of the world. In fact, we'll see over and over again in the next few weeks that in these first two chapters, Matthew continually points us back to the Old Testament, and he'll say something like this. This happened to fulfill what was spoken of through the prophet. Five times in the first two chapters of Matthew, Matthew does that in his gospel. References the Old Testament and says, look, see, it's happening now. Now's the time. Basically, Matthew's creating a narrative form of a flashing beacon. Going, hey, look at this. Draw your attention right here. He's here. It's happening. The blessing has arrived. The king has come. Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the Greek form of the Hebrew Messiah, both meaning anointed one. (coughs) Excuse me. Calling our attention to the prophecies of the anointed one in Daniel that we studied earlier this year. He's here. Behold the king. Behold the king. As the worship team makes their way back up to the stage, I want to give you a pastoral challenge this week. This time of year is so busy, but would you commit to sit down and read through the first two chapters of Matthew two or three times this week? And as you do, I'd like for you to do two things as we prepare our hearts for this season. One, reflect on the first advent of Jesus, asking God to help you see it through fresh eyes. 
And then two, take time to also reflect and pray about the second advent of Jesus. Maybe even go and look up the lyrics to Joy to the World and meditate on those lyrics a little bit. And pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Slow down, take time, reflect. Tune your heart toward receiving the king. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your chance to hear a little bit about what you're doing around the world with the furtherance of your gospel. Thank you for Jeanette and the, the work in India. Thank you for Jason and the uh, Dulos uh, Partners Ministry and all, its work all around the world. Thank you for our other global partners that are working behind the scenes in, in various ways to um, make the gospel plain and clear. To in culturally appropriate ways say, behold, the king is here. And Father, as we celebrate this season together as a church, we know that we have been blessed beyond our wildest imaginations. And we know that you bless people so that they will be a blessing. We see that in Abraham. And we know that that has continued through us. We are blessed to be a blessing. And so help us to give with generous hearts as we um, give to our global Christmas offering this year. Father, help us to give of our time, our attention. Help us to see people as you see them. Help us to slow down in this Advent season tuning our hearts to remember the first coming of Jesus and tuning our hearts to look forward to the second and taking the time to point others towards the hope that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the promise and that you always, always keep your promises. Amen. Stand with us as we close in song.